Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. So good, so good, so good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8. As you're turning there, let me remind you, today is a special day. We're going to do, we're having a pool party, HPC style, right after service. We are baptizing right after church today. And we have out on the patio, a big pool. And so we're going to dunk some people in Jesus' name. And we're going to serve some bluebell ice cream. Come on, holla. Come on, somebody say it's a good day. Come on, when Bluebell is in the house, it's a good day. Can you say amen? So don't run off right after church. Come celebrate with us as many people are going public with their faith. And and I I love it, I love it, I love it. Romans chapter 8. Yes, let's see, last week, last week we kicked off a series called More Than Conquerors. More Than Conquerors. I I hope you had a chance to listen to that message if you weren't here uh, because it's such a, I think this installment, this series is going to be a great investment in our church. More Than Conquerors, we're actually studying the whole, uh, for the month of June and July, studying out of Romans chapter 8 where the theme of it is more than conquerors. The Bible says that we, we're not just struggling to get by, but we are more than conquerors. Last week, we said that, that phrase, more than conquerors, comes from the Greek word hyper-Nike. Hyper-Nike. Remember we said Nike means what? Victory. How many of you, you put on some shoes or some gear, you saw the swoosh this week, and it reminded you of the victory God has given you? Yeah, three people. Wow. <laughs> Maybe we need to go back and re-preach that one. Um, Hyper-Nike. Nike Nike means victory. It means to conquer. It means to prevail. But the Greek word is hyper-Nike. And some of you know that hyper means above. It means more than. It means greater. So in essence, what the Bible's telling us is we're not just victorious. We're not just barely squeaking out a win, but we are more than victorious. We are overwhelmingly hyper-victorious because of what God has given to us. And I think this is good news because sometimes you'll hear it said, well, I'll never beat this addiction. I'll never beat this depression. I'll never get over this discouragement, this loss that I've suffered. I'll never beat it. But yet the Scripture says otherwise. The Scripture says who you are and what you have in Jesus is hyper-Nike. It's more than victorious. And so today, Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 5, I want to continue in this chapter, a few more verses, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. And the topic today is flesh versus spirit. Ooh. Yeah. Seems like, oh, Lord. How many know somebody that needs to hear this message right now? Yeah, don't be pointing up in this place. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 5, we're going to talk about flesh versus spirit. Verse 5, the Bible says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, somebody say spirit, they set their minds on things of the spirit. Now, here you can see the Apostle Paul, as he writes this letter to the church in Rome, he's identifying two lanes. He's saying there's a lane called flesh, 
And if you set your mind on things of the flesh, you're going to ride in that lane. But then there's another lane called spirit. As you set your mind on things of the spirit, you have the ability to change lanes. How many of you, you need to check your blind spot first, but put on that blinker and you need to change lanes? Yeah, you don't have to live according to the flesh, but there's this thing called spirit. It's got direction and it's got promise. Look at what it says, verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is what? Death. There's something in that lane. If you live according to the flesh and you set your mind on things of the flesh, if you're in that lane, it leads to a thing called death and destruction. But to set your mind on the spirit is what? Life and peace. If you're in a different lane, if, you're, if your thoughts are toward the spirit, then your life is in the lane of the spirit. It doesn't lead to death or destruction, but it produces life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile. Somebody say hostile. It's hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Okay, the apostle Paul identifies some things that I think are very important for us to know in the life of the believer, this thing called flesh and spirit. How many of you have ever said something or you did something in the moment and it surprised you? And you thought, my, 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 where did that come from? Yeah, a few of us. Have you ever felt like smacking someone in the face? And we have some angry people up in here. How many ever felt like just telling somebody off? Oh, yes. Something kind of rise up inside of you. thought, man, where did that come from? Yeah, you felt like putting somebody in their place. Smith Wigglesworth, the great theologian, great pastor, said, no, I never hit people. I only hit the devil. But sometimes people get in the way. <laughs> you ever just wanted to go Old Testament on someone? Yeah, you know, just, when you read in the Bible in the Old Testament, you know, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, and you just feel empowered to just punch somebody's lights out. You know, the only problem with if, if we all went eye for an eye, the whole world would be blind, right? Mm-hmm. You ever walk into a group conversation, you knew it was gossip, but you chimed in anyway. Hmm, flesh. Come on, somebody say flesh. What about social media? You're flipping through Facebook, you read a post, and you're like, oh, no, they didn't. Mm-mm-mm. And you just, I mean, you fire back with about five paragraphs of in-your-face flesh. And then afterwards, your spirit said, uh-uh-uh-uh. Come on, the struggle is real. Can I have a good amen? Apostle Paul talks about spirit versus flesh. Now, your spirit is simply this. When you and I say yes to Jesus, it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He comes to reside within us. But we do have this thing called flesh. If I pinch yourself. Yeah, this body is a container of flesh. Now, within this body, we have a spirit. And when we say, Lord, come into my life, he sends us the Holy Spirit. We're going to read in just a moment about how powerful and how significant that is. But you and I need to know this. Don't underestimate the power of your flesh. 
You know, your flesh will rise up in certain moments and surprise you. Your heart is intending to do right. How many know the spirit is willing? But the Bible says the flesh is, oh, man, I got this. And so what happens is, I want you to consider this. In the book of Genesis, we read at the very beginning of time, the Bible says you and I were created in the very image of God. And here, Adam and Eve, they are in, in this paradise called Eden. In sinless perfection, they have unbroken fellowship with God. But then something happened to change all that. When sin entered in the picture, sin changed everything. When they ate of that forbidden fruit, all of a sudden now you see the entrance and the struggle between flesh and spirit. We have a fallen nature. You and I, when we are born... We are born into this world. We have a sin nature. Everybody say sin nature. Now, I know this is a tough truth, and sometimes it's hard for us to talk about this. We always want to talk about good news, and that's what the gospel is. But you can't appreciate the good news until you know how bad the bad news really is. You and I have a sin nature. What does that mean? It means sinning comes natural to us. It's our nature to sin. You don't have to think about it. It kind of comes automatically. Are you with me? Now, we're born this way, and I want you to consider, you know, newborn babies, and I love them. I love to dedicate babies. I I love to celebrate what God's doing in families. I want you to have a lot of babies. That's one way for us to grow this church. You're going to be fruitful and multiply in Jesus' name. Come on, how many receive it? Oh, Lord. But, you know, that little baby, as beautiful as he is, as gorgeous as she may be, that baby has a sin nature. It's automatic. It's natural for babies, for you and I, as we grow up. Our natural tendency is not to do right. We gravitate toward doing wrong. Are you with me? And and sometimes it's tough for us to swallow. But, you know, sinning comes natural to us apart from God. Apart from God, it's automatic. I mean, cows moo, dogs bark, ducks quack, nobody is shocked. That's what they do. When you see a duck, it goes quack, quack. Yeah, you, okay, because that's what ducks do. Why does it surprise us that sinners sin? What? Oh, I can't believe. I can't believe I did that. Well, I can believe you did that. It's called your flesh. Come on, somebody. Why are we in shock and awe when somebody does something or says, oh, wow, wow. No, no, no. It's the power and the presence of your flesh. A newborn baby, they're born into sin. You don't have to teach them to do wrong. You have to train them to do right. Nobody ever goes up to a brand-new mama who's carrying this, this little baby and says, oh, look at that sweet little seven-pound bundle of sin. Here's a stroller so you can just roll that little sin baby all over the place. We don't say that, do we? No, but the baby's born with a nature to sin. Now, I was preaching this several years ago, and I had a lady stop me after service, and she said, Pastor, great message, but I disagree with you on something you said. I was like, oh, okay, great. Take a number. Stand in line, man. (laughs) Talk to my wife. She'll help you. (laughs) She corrects me all the time. Yeah, I disagree that you said that babies have a sin nature. I teach preschool, and all of my kids are just darling. I said, question, do you have any children of your own? She said, no. I was like, oh, 
and how long have you been preschool teacher? Well, this is my first semester. I was like, come here. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it. Lord, because how many know she's getting ready to get a revelation? They look like angels, but they don't always act like it. Come on, talk to me. Now, now we love our children, but we have to train them to do right because instinctively they do wrong. Come on, somebody say flesh. Have you ever felt like two different people that are trapped in the same body? How many ever felt like that? I'm one person, but on the inside, it feels like two people are at war. I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, he identifies this civil war between spirit and flesh. I'll tell you this. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The line between good and evil does not run between people. Good people on one side, bad people on the other. The line between good and evil runs through every human heart. Because you and I are both capable of good and evil. It's within us. I want you to know this. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down, and this is huge. The spirit and flesh are fierce rivals. Your spirit and your flesh are rivals. They compete, and they will never get along. It's like LSU and Alabama. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> we won't get along. We, we can't. We don't agree. We always oppose. There will be a struggle. I'm not saying that apart from the football field or the basketball court, but anytime the lights are on and when you step in between the lines, it is a fight. Like white on rice, like cats on mice, like dots on dice. Come on, somebody. We throw in down. We're going to do everything we can to oppose. And the Scripture says that your flesh is hostile toward the things of God. Hostile. You come to church and you long to do what's right, but your flesh rises up. There's a very big difference between your spirit and your flesh. Your flesh is self-centered but your spirit is about serving others. Your flesh is impatient, but your spirit takes its time. Your flesh is all about impressing people, but your spirit is about pleasing God. Your flesh is apathetic and just doesn't care, but your spirit is passionate and cares about what matters most. Your flesh is lazy and undisciplined, but your spirit is responsible and it's discipline toward the things of God. Your flesh will produce destruction, but your spirit produces life. Do you see the difference? And how many of you know that that difference, those two forces are at work inside of us? My flesh screams all day long for three people. My flesh only cares about three people. I got a lot of people in my life, but my flesh only caters to three people, me, myself, and I. My flesh wakes up and thinks, how can I take care of me? Me, 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 me. How can I improve me better than you, 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 you? How can I? And will do whatever it can to promote and pamper and cater and preserve me. That's what flesh does. But it's important that you understand there is another force at work inside of you, and it's called your spirit. It's called the things that please the Lord. That's why you're here today. Your spirit longs to be in the house of God, but your flesh will struggle to get out of bed.
Come on now. Well, just watch it online. I'm so tired. I had a big day yesterday. Hey, and if you're watching online, we love you. God bless you. <laughs> you know, no, hey, nobody's judging you here, but we miss you. Spirit longs to be in the house of God. Your flesh will make every excuse not to be. You know, my mom sent me a, a video the other day. We went to visit her a couple years ago, and it's amazing. In her backyard, she had this bird. I think it was a cardinal. But she heard this, this, and it was just like pounding at her back window, you know. And so she's like, what in the world? So she goes and looks at her backyard, and it's this cardinal that keeps running into the window. Pow, pow, pow. It was like 6.30 in the morning. She thought somebody was trying to break into her house. Well, it's a bird. Pow, pow. For hours, she said, Mike, from 6.30 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, this bird is fly, just keeps attacking this window. And then she realized, wait a second, the bird sees a reflection of himself. He sees himself. Now, he doesn't know it's him. He thinks it's some sort of, you know, threat to his space, to his, his terror. He sees it as an enemy. But it, so he's attacking the window, and he's really attacking himself. He can't get away from, from himself because wherever he goes, there he is. And I thought about, you know what, it's fascinating because some of us are wearing ourselves out. Come on now. And we're fighting an enemy that we think is not us. Guess what? There's two of you. It's on the inside of you. There's a rival. There's a fierce competitor to your spirit, and it's called your flesh. I'm going to tell you this. Your flesh is stingy. Your flesh don't want to give. When the offering container goes by, when the pastor stands on the platform and makes an appeal, your flesh will say, hmm, wonder what he's doing with all that money. Come on now. I live in the same world you do. Oh, really, that big old church, man, all they want is money over there, money, 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 money. Your flesh will create every excuse for you not to give what you have. But your spirit says, ooh, here's a chance for me to bless somebody else. You see, and if you, has God ever told you to give something away? And you just found yourself making excuses on why you couldn't give it away. God, obviously, you don't know. Lord, come here. Can we talk, God? I know you want me to give, but here's why I can't. So if you just knew what I knew, then you would be convinced that I shouldn't give. And you're saying, Lord, give me a sign. Lord, if this is really you, give me a sign. Give me a sign. And you know, and so, you know, you, you, you hear like two trumpet blasts and you see three angels and the bushes in your front yard are on fire. And you're like, Lord, I just need a sign. Just give me a sign. Hello? Can I tell you, it's not the devil tempting you to give. It's your flesh that says, hold on to what you have. Now, listen, if God's telling you to give and you can't give what you have, then you don't own it. It owns you. Mm, Some of you are afraid to say amen. That's right. We've already passed the offering containers. Your spirit longs to give. I'm telling you, when when we... Living large is not what you possess, but it's what you release. Your spirit recognizes that, Lord, if I give what's in my hand, then you'll release what's in your hand. Your flesh says, oh, no, 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 I can't give this away. Well, if I give it away, it needs to be like some old broke-down garage. Here, here's the Lord told me to give you this watch, and it don't even tell time. All right, the Lord told me to give you this. No, 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 you give your best. Your spirit says give because it knows there's more where that came from. 
Your flesh will try to dominate your mind, your mouth, your moods, your attitudes. You can be led by the Spirit in one moment, and then out of the blue, your flesh can just manifest. Matthew 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, Fellas, who do men say that I am? Well, some say that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, John the Baptist. He says, okay, who do you say that I am? And remember what the apostle Peter says? Peter speaks up, led by the Spirit. He says, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What did Jesus do? Jesus blessed him, and he gave him the keys. Behold, I give unto you this day the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Remember? How many of you know, man, when you're living by the Spirit, there's a blessing? Man, there's, there's a, there, God gives you keys. Keys will give you access. All right, so now in, in that moment, he's led by the Spirit. He's blessed, and he has the keys to the kingdom. But in the same chapter, if you'll just read a few more verses, Jesus, right after that, he's still in this same conversation with the 12, and he begins to predict how he's going to die. He says, look, the religious leaders will turn me over to the Romans. I'll be crucified. I'll be buried. They'll beat and torture me, and I will go to the cross. And Peter says, no. No, no. Peter began to, to rebuke Jesus. How many think that's a bad idea? Don't correct Jesus. Peter's like, look, you will never go to the cross. And what did Jesus say? Satan, get thee behind me. How many know there's a big difference between, blessed are you, Simon Varjona. Here are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Devil. How many know just in, in a moment you can be led by the Spirit and then your flesh will manifest? The Bible says when we come to know Christ, we are crucified with Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. What does that mean? Old things have got to die. It means you've got to bury those things. Man, put, put them in the grave and put dirt on it. Go ahead and have your funeral and say your goodbyes because if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things are made brand new. Can I have a better amen? Your flesh and your spirit are fierce rivals. Now, look what it says, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, now that's very important, very, very important, circle line, circle and underline that phrase. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, but not to the flesh or to live according to the flesh. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Number two, you are not obligated to do what your flesh desires. We talk about the presence of spirit and flesh within the same body. But the Scripture says, Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. That's power. That is power. Think about it. Last time I checked, the death rate, the statistic, is still hovering at about 100%. Okay? Nobody here is going to escape death. I'm not trying to be morbid, but the clock's ticking on us. Right? There was only one person in all of history who overcame death. His name is Jesus. 
How did that happen? When he was buried and put in that grave, the Bible says on the third day, there was a spirit that lifted Jesus up out of the tomb, out of the grave, out of darkness, and raised him back to life. And the Bible says for those of us who say yes to Jesus, that same spirit dwells in you. Somebody say, that's power. Now, the best way that I I can demonstrate this, I want to bring you into the lab, okay? I don't know if we have any biology or chemistry lovers. How many love science? Any Sid the science kids out there? Yeah, okay, so i got a little experience. And Paul, our student pastor, has brought the, the, the fire extinguisher just in case. Keep that thing close. Keep that thing close. Okay, I want to bring you into the lab, okay? And we've got to be very, very careful here. Very care- Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I want you to see how this works. The laboratory. Okay, jacket, please. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I've got to... I've got to get the right equipment in place before we conduct. Do not try this at home, please. Do not, do not try this at home. Where, where's my name? Sorry, sorry. No name? Okay. All right, so we got some eye equipment here. We got some protective gear. Let's put on the gloves here. I, I love, I love, I, I didn't appreciate the science lecture, but I always did love the lab, mixing chemicals. How many of you, boy, you guys are dialed in right now. For those of you who were sleeping during the first point, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the rest of service. (laughs) Yes, I always enjoyed going into the lab because according to my calculations, something's about to blow up. (laughs) How many of you love fire? Yeah, all the people from Ascension Parish said, yeah, y'all love to blow stuff up, don't you? You really do. You really do. Now, what we have here in these, we have two different beakers beakers, okay? And uh, so here I think we've got some hydrogen peroxide mixed with a little um, uh, dish soap. And here we have um, some potassium iodide. Did I say that right? Uh, It sounds good. Anyway, (laughs) yeah. what we'll we'll do is we'll try to, we'll do a little mixing here because I, I want you to see the power and the impact of when you say yes to Jesus, what takes place inside of you. When you invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life, not only does he forgive you of your sins, but his spirit is placed inside of you, and that's not a small thing. It's kind of a big deal, all right? And and sometimes we live, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling with that area. Well, obviously, you don't recognize there is a power that God has placed inside of you that is greater than any challenge that will come against you. Can I have a good amen? And so what we'll see here is as we mix it, this is your life here apart from Christ. There's not a whole lot happening. There's not a whole lot you can do with this. But there's a certain chemical reaction. When God takes a little bit of heaven, he takes his Holy Spirit and he places it inside of your heart. Now all of a sudden, something happens. It's the catalyst for change. You cannot say yes to Jesus and remain the same. Can I have a better amen? It's not just something we acknowledge with our mind, but it's something we receive in our hearts. Well, I see a lot of cell phones out right now. We receive it on the inside of us. What's happening inside of us is not a small thing, but it's a powerful thing. And I want you to see when we say yes to Christ, how he places his spirit in us and what's on the inside. Ah, steam, fire. 
foam in Jesus' name. What's on the inside can't stay on the inside, but it's got to come out. See, it just keeps bubbling and smoking and steam. It's fire. You can't contain it. When you say yes to Jesus, it's not from the outside in. God does a work from the inside out. He says, the same spirit that raised Jesus out of that grave. I'm telling you, when Jesus was buried, he he was buried like a seed that's put into the ground. But there's power in a seed. There's life in the seed. There may be tons of dirt covering the seed, but the life in that seed finds its way to the top. And just as God has given us his spirit, we can't suppress it. It's got to come out. It's living from the inside out. He says, you have a power inside of you as a believer. You don't have to be a slave to your past. You don't have to be in bondage to darkness or discouragement. There's not a habit. There's not an addiction. There's not a problem that the power of the Holy Spirit can't break through and lift off of your life. Can I have a better amen? Come on, put your hands together. Ah, I love it. Look, it's still foaming. It won't stop. You see, I, I love that because the enemy of your soul wants to suppress what God has placed in you. But guess what? If you got Jesus living in you, the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, you go to work, and guess what? You got to talk about it. You go to school, there's something different about you because a light is shining from the world tries to hold you down, push you down. Your flesh will say you'll never have, you'll never be, but the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, it dwells in you. So the Bible says you are no longer obligated to do what your sinful nature desires. Can you say amen? Somebody say you have a choice. Somebody say you have the power. To make the right choice. You're not a slave to the things of your past. God has given you everything you need to not just conquer, but to be more than a conqueror. Do we recognize our flesh? Yes, we do. But we don't live according to the works of the flesh. Guess what? We are men and women of the Spirit. Tell you this, the devil will set you up to get you upset. He'll put people, circumstances, situations in your path to come against you. Don't let your reaction be worse than the action. Some of you had some horrible things that have happened to you, and instead of responding in the spirit, you react in the flesh. You know, my wife tells our kids, she even tells me, baby, you're not responsible for the actions of others. You're responsible for you. Regardless of what they've done to you or what they've said about you or how they've treated you, don't let their behavior determine yours. Guess what? We are people of the Spirit of God. And so your flesh says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But your spirit says, turn the other cheek. Man, when you live by the Spirit, you're no longer in bondage to the things of your flesh. Is this helping anybody? Seems like, Pastor, I don't even know if I'm safe because sin is such a struggle. It's such a struggle in my life. I want to encourage some people, and I think this is going to set somebody free. 
when you say that sin is a struggle, I think that there's a very positive way at looking at that struggle. Some of you feel like you don't have the presence of Jesus because sin is such a struggle. Well, let me remind you, there was a day when sin wasn't a struggle for you because you were in bondage to it and you didn't even know it. You were a slave to sin. Well, the, the devil didn't fight you because he already had you. But when you said yes to Jesus, now there's an awakening of the spirit inside of you, and now there's a struggle. How many of you are thankful for that? The struggle tells me that the spirit of God is in you, and he's talking to you. You know, because there were times when you gave in to flesh. You gave in to lust. You were involved in sexual immorality. There were, you would watch things on TV, watch movies. You didn't even care. You were already in bondage. Your life was so dark. But here comes a light that's shining in you. And now all of a sudden, there's a struggle. Paul said it this way in Philippians 2, verse 12. He says, work out. Somebody say, work out. I love it. It's biblical to work out. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why? For it's God who works in. Somebody say, work in. You see, we work out, God works in. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. For it's God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What is that saying? It's saying because the Spirit of God is in you, he's now giving you the motivation and the desire to do what pleases him. Let me say it this way. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, I no longer look at the things I can't do. Well, I can't do this. I can't say that. Man, I can't go there. I can't, I can't participate in those things. It, it's, not, it's no longer about I can't. Now it's I don't even want to. It's not that I can't. It's that my desires have changed. I have no desire to do the things that I used to do. Why? Because the spirit of the living God dwells within me. So I don't have to walk according to the flesh. I can live by the spirit. You receive that today. And let me close. Let, let me close. And I want to ask the band to come up. The Bible says this. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit. You put to death the deeds of the body, so you'll live. The last thing, and this is a very simple, practical takeaway, is this. Feed your spirit. Starve your flesh. You want to be free? You want to walk above the power of sin? Do you want freedom in the way that you think and how you live? Yes, we, we recognize the struggle that's within us. But if you will feed your spirit and starve your flesh, then you can walk in victory daily. You don't have to be up one day and down the next, excited about the things of God here at church, but then living defeated and in bondage Monday through Saturday. Tell you this, I love to eat. How many of you, food is a spiritual gift? And you're like, yes, Lord. Some of you making plans right now. You've already texted somebody in your family. And yet, as I'm preaching, as we were in the laboratory and Professor Mike was doing the, the experiment, you texted somebody saying, where are we going to eat? <laughs> I know. I love that. Believe me. When, that's one of my favorite questions. Hey, where do y'all want to eat? I love it because I like food. Food makes me happy. 
And I've realized that my attitude is directly proportional to my food intake. No food makes me very, very mean. Lots of food makes me happy. And your spirit is saying the same thing. Feed me. Feed me. If you, you say, Mike, how do you feed? What do you mean, feed your spirit? Yeah, I recognize, but what, how do I feed my spirit, starve my flesh? I'm going to tell you this. A little vitamin B-I-B-L-E. If you'll, if you'll just take a little daily supplement, that's all it is. We're trying to help you. It's got great anti- antioxidants. It's all natural. It's gluten-free. Come on, somebody. Man, it's great. A lot of protein up in here. You want to build muscle mass? Come on now. This will get you swolt up in the spirit. If you'll just take 15 minutes a day and just read. You know what? We've got the thing called the, the app, Healing Place Church app, and we've made it so easy. This week, we've got Romans chapter 8 broken down for you with a daily devotional. If you'll just start your day 15 minutes in the Word of God, it's feeding your spirit. It's feeding. When you come here on Sundays, your participation and commitment in church, man, we're singing and worshiping God. What's happening? Your spirit is being fed. You spend time in prayer and, and just personal meditation on the things of God. Listen, if you'll just do some small things, Small tweaks create giant peaks. Your life will go to a whole new level this summer if you feed your spirit. And that fleshly stuff, I'm telling you, there's a lot that this culture offers, and it's all tailored for your flesh. It is. A lot of movies, a lot of music, a lot of Hollywood, a lot of... If you, sometimes you got to unplug. you got to detox. you got to engage and nourish because if you feed your spirit, when that war happens, and it's going to happen, when that moment comes and it's an opportunity for your flesh, your spirit is so strong, it's not even going to be close. You won't just win. All you do is win, 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 no matter what. Come on, you receive that today. Put your hands together. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.